Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Was Charlotte Flair's NXT Women's Championship run a bit pointless? I am Luke Cohen. This is Adam the Blompier with the Mostly. It's the YouTube comment section's new favorite Wrestle Talk duo. And this hey. is. <laughs> and this is, Adam's just realized that his microphone wasn't set up. I and think it is now. I think it is. I hope it is. <laughs> It is. I can hear you just fine. Um, and this is the uh, Wrestle Talk podcast review of NXT Takeover in Yo House 2020. Um, and we thought we'd kick this off with a chat about Charlotte Flair's NXT Championship run. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up was it actually came from Sean Ross Sapp, Quizzlemania heel Sean Ross Sapp. Um, because he noted on Twitter during the um, uh, during sort of like the, the post show thing uh, that the culmination of Charlotte's NXT booking will make sense in three to four months time. However, as Sean points out, right now it looks like she won the Rumble over Shayna, minimized her Mania match, Shayna's, uh, Shayna's Mania match, halted Rhea Ripley's momentum and exhausted a bunch of champion versus champion matches without being pinned. And at the end of this, we didn't even get her, like Rhea didn't even get to, to beat her and, and win back the title. Instead, it was Io that won the title. So I'm all for, because like the one thing I would say about the main event is that like Charlotte Flair is amazing. Rhea Ripley is amazing. They had the best match at WrestleMania weekend, hands down for me. But Io Shirai's on a complete other level of good. Yeah, I think she, like it's it's we're in a weird nether space. You're right. I do think this is the first few steps of a longer Charlotte-based story, um, and I think most people can sort of see where it's going. Like mm. clue, it's got something to do with her dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like I thought they were going to put the belt on Rhea because obviously there were a lot of talk of. Ia being called up to the main roster that seems to be obviously on the back burner for now uh but yeah no like Io's incredible like every everyone is pleased about Io Shirai <laughs> being uh NXT women's champion um it does yeah I it does kind of lower rear a little bit yeah 
especially because I, I caught some of the uh, pre-show and I know that the pre-show is all spin, but like a lot of the chat around this triple threat in the pre-show and indeed on some other radio shows with like Rhea needs to win this to kind of reassert herself because um, going into WrestleMania, everyone thought uh, Rhea would retain. Not me, of course. I predict. Not me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like, every, like a lot of people thought Rhea would retain because like we need to kind of solidify Rhea as this main event, like next gen, like the next generation's kind of icon. Uh, and I thought that she was going to win it back to kind of like then have a rubber match with Charlotte, but no, like it seems that Rhea is now kind of, well, she does not deserve a title shot, like definitively right. now, which is really sad. Well, yeah, like the finish of this match was that Rhea was in the figure eight. So one would assume that Charlotte was uh, possibly going to tap her out there. And then uh, Io Shirai moonsaulted her into the face and pinned her. So mm. like Rhea was doubly beat uh, in this main event. Yes. Um, but so yeah, so it just kind of raises the question about like, what did Charlotte's reign actually accomplish? Because my figuring was like when she won the nxt women's championship i was so stoked i thought it was a genius move because it puts charlotte into nxt which is having its ratings war with aew that's point one so that's a good thing you've got a big name on the show that you're trying to compete against the other company very very smart move but b it elevates the title and by elevating the title it elevates the brand and by elevating the brand you elevate everyone else so it elevates Rhea, it elevates io shirai it elevates shotzi dakota all of the women on the nxt roster but actually kind of when you look back on it it's like huh it was a whole bunch of nothing and now well, she's not the champion anymore you say that it did elevate io it elevated EO yeah. a lot. Like it, it, this match felt like the main event, and I felt like it should have been the main event. Like as the show was going on, I was like, "Are they really going to do the backlot brawl as the main?" Because I'm actually way more stoked about the the women's triple threat. And yeah, it like, and then so EO winning that match is probably the best, one of the best coronations she could have had. Maybe not the circumstances. Maybe not in a triple threat. Maybe a singles would have been more prestigious. But like seeing those streamers. Uh, you know, close out a show. Um, yeah, I, like I, th I think EO is in a, an amazing position now. Like, I think a lot of it is is again WWE spin. But you look at the video package they had before that match, right? And they talked mm -hmm. about Charlotte. You know, all the all the headlines that Charlotte had brought in as NXT champion. Obviously, like she didn't make a huge dip to uh, the ratings. Although one can argue that you know, with no fans wrestling generally people aren't as interested so who knows um but like apparently she made headlines drew focus to the title like all of that kind of you know she was you know they did a thing on espn about her like so apparently that's wwe's kind of way of oh she definitely did draw loads more eyes to the championship and now we have io shirai as this as this champion um, it, it did not help by the fact that Charlotte was on every show. No. That really, like they, I think they, there was a couple of things they could have done, even having Charlotte's run end here to make it feel like they didn't bungle it. Uh, one was uh, have Charlotte just be on NXT. <laughs> um, but just like, yeah, the, the hashtag Omni Flair is generally one of the kind of, oh, it, it's, it's, it's one of the worst things in recent wrestling having charlotte on every show she's the hardest working woman in sports adam 
Oh, I really <laughs> didn't like it. Just and, it, and I, I actually think it made the, I actually think it made the NXT Championship look a little bit worse because she was just sort of like carrying it as a trinket around, and like she was showing up on shows where the NXT Championship was not the focus. Uh, like when she's on NXT, like she's a huge deal carrying a title and talking about the title. When she's on Raw and SmackDown, she's a huge deal talking about their championships and you know doing champion versus like i don't know i i'm rambling but yeah it 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 does feel a little lightweight um there was it doesn't help that there weren't like proper takeovers like because yeah she had what one singles match with mia Mm -hmm. and then a really truncated match with eo and then this triple threat yeah like i thought she was gonna at least hold it till SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, I thought she was going to hold on to it until next year. Like, I, I thought this was the, the whole idea of this was to try and elevate everything and, and give her a really long, lengthy reign and put someone over at the end of it. And, like, I get the, I, I agree with you that I think there's done a great deal for EO coming off the back of this. But I don't think I would say that Charlotte Flair put EO over in this feud uh, so to speak and perhaps it's because it was in a triple threat match like if this was a singles match i think it would have been much better like eo winning the title from a singles match but then yeah i, I don't i don't know i i think it also doesn't help that as you say she did two champion matches she did one against bailey and one against asuka and both of them had like dq non-finishes written all over them which doesn't help the title at all. And when she was on Raw cutting promos about NXT, there was no Io Shirai there. There was no Rhea Ripley on Raw. So it really establishes like, well, they're on NXT. They're the NXT thing. But Charlotte is this omnipresence that can be across all three brands because she's actually important. And that, that certainly doesn't help things. But it's one of these things, like if we are to believe the word of Triple H, that we will find out. It will make sense in three to four months' time. There's a Triple H's words. Well, like the thing is, I think NXT has sort of earned that. Like, I, I, I get that the fact that you know Charlotte is very main roster, and this all feels quite main roster. Um, you know, the the EODQ feel. You know, in order to prolong the feud and turn that into a triple threat, this doesn't feel quite so much NXT as it does raw Mm. um so i think people are a little less certain about it but i think if anyone has kind of earned the right to say we're taking our time with this i do think it is an nxt um i i do worry that when he says that he's not talking about the plan for the title talking about charlotte's plan to as quickly as possible match her father's 16 world championship record yeah so i mean do we think that she's going to stick around on NXT like is she going to go back for the belt again and like when we get to take over Brooklyn or whatever the NXT takeover is this year for over SummerSlam weekend is is Charlotte going to be going for the belt again or is she just done with that brand now three to four months right well and what (laughs) kind of time what kind of time frame is that so what in two months time they'll be so like three to four months is two takeovers time Mm. so what there's two more takeover matches so don't know what that means really like is eo gonna drop it to rear and then is rear finally gonna successfully defend against charlotte well you'd like to see rear get that win over charlotte right yeah but like this is not like it's the worst possible way to set rear ripley up as a <laughs> contender yeah. uh not only she took the pin but yeah she she looked yeah she basically she got beat twice <laughs> she was in the figure eight and she got the moonsault so right, she to, was, right like, to her face 
right on her head. Oh, That's, no. My note here is effing L. She proper clocked her right in the face. <laughs> hey, oh, right on noggin. Um, yeah, like I don't, I don't know what they're going to do if, if because obviously Charlotte is now uh, fighting Ia Jax for her <laughs> title tomorrow tonight. Uh, what did I say? Nia Jax. You said Nia Jax. So on that, um, we've actually someone has put in a super chat. Era uh, uh, zero West or eo nero west seven said just read that asuka's defending her title against charlotte why if they screw asuka over again i think i'm done she already took her streak and the smackdown title so wwe twitter i think and i think wwe.com announced that yes tonight on raw we're getting asuka versus charlotte flair however some social media feeds say it's a title match and some social media feeds say it's a non-title match so yeah. I guess we'll find out on Raw what the actual match is, but this does feel like a case of the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, or a, a decision has actually not been made as to what the match is yet. Because I saw well, I saw the match announced this morning on WWE's Instagram feed, and there was no mention of it being a title match there. Yes. So, then I came, I logged on to on, on work, and, and Lou was talking about how it's a title match, and I was just like, "What's I I?" So I don't actually know. Uh, yeah, I think because I I said that to him because he posted up on WrestleTalk.com that it was a title match, and I was like, "Well, hang on, I've just seen this that said it's a non-title match," and he sent me across the tweet from WWE that said it is a title match. So so at the moment we just don't know. So that means that. Well, worst case scenario, worst possible case scenario is Charlotte wins the title tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Becomes a 12-time world title, drops it at Backlash to Nia Jax, and then beats Bailey, drops it to Sasha, comes back, beats Io uh, in a one-on-two handicap match. Or she could could win the women's tag titles and like on her own, because that would count as two. (laughs) She could do it with Nicholas, why not? (laughs) Um, so I, I don't know if that if they are can literally just trying to rush all the gold onto her. Like best case scenario is it's a non-title match. Nia Jax comes out, caught like clocks Asuka while the rest back is turned, and Charlotte gets her heat back, mm. uh, thereby leading Asuka to go on and you know eat Nia Jax's lunch at Backlash. But I, I am like, tell you what though, I don't know if this is a good thing. But I don't know with Charlotte anymore. Charlotte has reached the perfect sweet spot that sort of Roman Reigns um, reached and like Goldberg and Bray Wyatt, which is that the company's track record with handling is so dodgy that I don't know what's going to happen in any match, which is, I guess, exciting. Is that how wrestling should be? Should I not be able to predict whether or not Charlotte is going to completely destroy another person's momentum at give any given notice? Um, what I will say, though, like, you know, outside of that topic of conversation, this was an excellent match. This main event ruled. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was just full of really good triple threat action as well. Like, I particularly loved the spot where um, Rhea Ripley was down in the corner and so, and Io did the big bullet train knees into her. And as she sort of rolled out of that, she was in a kneeling position for Charlotte to hit the natural selection and roll her up for a, a near fall. I thought it was like, there's some really good stuff in that. And then you had the Io Shirai doing the big dive off the top of the In Your House set, uh, rear hitting a second rope riptide. Uh, and then we got the finish with the figure eight and the moonsault into Ripley's face. Uh, I just thought it was a, a really, really cracking main event. 
yeah i think it was uh really really fantastic like it it's had a kind of for, for me in, in places it, it kind of mirrored the opening match a little bit not just because it was a women's match but because at some points it felt like the action was almost out of the control of the hands of the people who were doing it the mm. main event was a lot more uh in sync but there was some like there was a point where <laughs> um they were like fighting on the house's front lawn and that was real s- proper scrappy like it didn't seem like there was any like any spots worked out that like there was one point where charlotte just sort of ran cuddled rear and just sort of try to take her over and like someone try to hit someone with a plant pot but missed um it, it, it generally felt like two drunk moms fighting on the front <laughs> lawn. um and it, the first match as well the six uh, woman tag that felt a little i don't know it's weird like this felt like a quite a scrappy uh show all, all told which is not necessarily kind of completely to its detriment i i don't know if it's my favorite takeover i don't know if it's even top 10 um i i'm not an in your house kind of fan so all the kind of nostalgia stuff didn't didn't do anything for me really i i, I like the ico pro ad that was fun but i there was a, there was a bit of scrappiness to to some uh, of the matches which i kind of like it felt a little out of control at times um, and I felt a little bit about the, that way about this main event, but it was great. Like, like, like you say, like there was, it was just non-stop. Three of the best workers in the country, uh, in the company, in the country, uh, just kind of going hell for pace and desperately trying to, you know, elevate this to something a takeover should feel like. Because this yeah. is our, fir- it's our first no fans takeover, and even though we did have. Uh, you know the robot crowd you know uh, the pre-programmed fully authentic (laughs) just like real life uh, crowd of developmental talent bullying being bullied into coming up with uh, fun chants for Johnny Gargano Uh, they I think they tried to go so high octane that it felt like a takeover and it didn't but it felt like a really really good episode of NXT for me yeah Uh, The other thing to mention as well, just before the main event, we saw Robert Stone uh, looking very sad and a bit drunk uh, by the looks of things and uh, looking a little bit like Laurel Van Ness, which is ironic because that was Chelsea Green, who he's (laughs) just lost. Uh, It did look like he was like going to take that NXT sign home. (laughs) You're going to be tomorrow's big mistake. (laughs) He's losing his mind, and I am reaping the benefits. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's do some super chats. Uh, Colostopia says, remember when Charlotte was supposed to draw more eyes for NXT and put other wrestlers over? Yep, worked out just like that. She's pinning Asuka tonight. If it's, if it's non-title, then I might even think that she is pinning her tonight. But certainly if it's non-title, because she needs to get that momentum back. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I... The pl- I, I'm sure this was the plan back when there were fans. And back when there were fans, people wanted to watch wrestling more. So who <laughs> knows? It might have actually, uh, you know, increased the ratings. You know, it didn't increase the ratings over AEW. But then again, like, I think the AEW fans are slightly more diehard and are probably going to watch no matter the weather. Um, who, who knows? Like, I do think it's a little unfair to say uh, Charlotte is, that the Charlotte plan didn't work just because it didn't, Popper popper rating. Um, I think there are there are mul- there are multiple layers to what Charlotte could have done. I think she achieved some of them. Uh, ma- you know, match quality. In some cases, no. This match was great. Charlotte was a big part of that. She really pulled her. She put. You know, she did her end. Um, did, you know, the title importance. Yeah, putting it on Raw and SmackDown as a less important thing was bad. But it main evented the show, and now EO has reaped the benefits of that. It's not an automatic failure. It's just that some of it was circumstances, some of it was uh, baffling insistence on Charlotte being the brand. Now hmm. that's gone. Uh, Dylan from Cork says, uh, maybe a bit biased coming from me, but Finn Balor is the best wrestler in the company. Man, that was my favorite match. Actually, oh yeah? Mm, no, no, it wasn't. Uh Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano was. <laughs> uh, although I was a little, you know, I I, I Keith, face Keith Lee versus face Johnny Gargano would have been oh something to see, but I, I love the story in that match. I I thought, yeah, Finn Balor versus Damien Priest was brilliant though. Actually, you know what? I, I'm gonna take it back. This did feel a little bit like a takeover. The the whole it feeling like a really good episode of NXT, that's not fair because I am remembering lots of lots of really nice takeoverish little moments. And Damien Priest bumping onto that um steel steps was so good. Josh Kirsch says Lee versus Karrion Cross should be the next North American championship feud. 
and he also adds, do you feel like we're moving out of the Cold Champer Gargano era of NXT and into the Lee Cross Priest Thatcher era? Last night made me feel that. Yeah, because like last night we saw, I mean, Adam Cole retained, but Johnny Gargano lost, Tommaso Ciampa lost. This really was like, you know, those were the stalwarts of NXT, the people that were carrying this company for quite some time. And they were there to last night to put over Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. I yeah, but I don't think losses necessarily because I know NXT has NXT has a, a traditional style of win, 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 lose, disappear. That's not so much the case now. Gargano is sticking around to do you know the whole new NXT thing with his wife. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa was off, you know. Come, come up to the main roster. No, I'm staying here. So, uh, you know, it, it, I'm good. I, I think these guys are sticking around, but I do think that they are their presence is now to make new stars mm. uh, and then, you know, feud with other people. I believe that uh, Johnny Gargano is going to be the next North American champion. Uh, I believe that Karrion Cross is going to be not the next but the next uh, NXT champion after Keith Lee. Um, oh, okay. I was going to say, because I, I thought Keith was going to drop the belt last night. I think he's going to drop the belt on TV. I think Johnny Gargano is going to beat him. I think Adam Cole is going to say something like, I'm the best champion. Then Keith Lee's going to come out and say, I'm the best champion. Look at my, peak sh- look at my pink shoes. And then uh, Johnny Gargano is going to have a rematch. And, uh, you know, because he can claim that Mia Yim and Candice got involved. That wasn't fair. Uh, And then Adam Cole is going to cost Keith Lee the championship. Keith Lee beats Adam Cole. Karrion Cross beats Keith Lee. Mm, Okay. Right. Well, Mm. a bit of future fantasy book in there from Adam (laughs) Blomkamp. Well, let's get into the main show itself, where Todd Pettingale made his WWE return. Remember me? Uh, it's they got the old music and like '90s style of editing, um, and then we had Code Orange play a song. It's such a Triple H production, is NXT. <laughs> like I said, uh, all of the in your house stuff fell a tiny bit flat for me because I really don't like Todd Pettingale because <laughs> he's annoying. He's like Michael Cole, but with less subtlety. I don't yeah. under, like. He's from the past, so I understand why there's affection towards him because he's not around anymore, and Michael Cole is. But Todd Pettengill is legit annoying. Uh, yeah, he's up, he's up there with what's his name, Barker. Um, not uh, Bob Bartlett. Barker. Not Bob yeah. Barker. No, but Rob Bartlett as like bad things that used to be in the nineties. Um, yeah, yeah, and they paid him a lot of money to be bad as well. <laughs> Also, like, yeah, love the nostalgia uh, pop of, you know, Triple H bringing back the DX band, you know, to put on <laughs> another well-received performance. Hey! Na- oh, hey, no, I've fallen a bomb! sake. And it's a live episode. Oh, no. I can't even edit that one. <laughs> the only... <laughs> The only saving grace there is that because I was also talking, the sound wave might have got a little bit messed up. So he kind of, we sort of censored ourselves live on air. Yeah, that must have been it. Anyway, yeah, Code Orange looked like a looked like a really fun time, don't they? <laughs> Did you like that bit later on in the show where it cut to them behind glass, uh, behind the plexiglass, and they were just like... <laughs> like hey, cool. now, 
I like this song. I do like you? this song. I did. Really? I liked that. I, I could do without the rah, rah, rah stuff because I think that's a bit played out in 2020. But I, I like her and I think she's got a good vocal. Um, uh, and I also like the Fiend's entrance music. And I also like the song that Bleeding Into the Blood they did for a previous takeover. I like some Code Orange songs. I've tried to listen to a whole album. It's borderline unlistenable to, but I like <laughs> some albums. Some, some songs even. Glowing endorsement <laughs> from someone clearly in the pocket of Big Orange. <laughs> uh, and uh, our first match on the card was Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae. Um, this was good fun six woman action stuff. You had uh, Mia Yim and Candice brawl to the back, uh, which would then later play on into the um, North American Championship match. Everyone got to do their big spots, everyone got to do some big moves. Uh, and in the end, Knox hit the chokeslam on Dakota Kai and the shiniest wizard for the baby face win yeah yeah like it was nice to see it was nice to see tegan knox get a kind of definitive like that i now have a pinfall on you on takeover so we can all move on <laughs> uh that was that was nice uh, i really like shotzi blackheart getting the win uh, after the promo she cut on her tank on a couple of nxts ago she's my favorite uh women's wrestler in nxt uh like coming up uh, I think, yeah, Candice and Mia uh, protected each other by getting out of there before the before the finish. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I liked it. it. It felt very kind of, it felt a little inconsequential. There was a bit of story going in there, but it felt a little bit like the undercard matches on like uh, a New Japan show. You know, yeah, like, we don't we don't have a lot for you guys, but here's you know here's a spot. Everyone go in, remind everyone that you're around and give the win to someone who probably needs it a bit more. It's nice to see Shotzi Blackheart pick up a win. I said after this to she, you. Go on. I was just say after she almost died on, on <sighs> television. Ah. Yeah, that was quite awkward. Uh, I said to you just before we came uh, on air that I probably would have taken this off the card. I'd have put this on the pre-show uh, and just kept the main show down to two hours. But that's just me. That's just preference. Uh, up next was a match that I'm going to let you take the lead on because you loved it so much. Damien Priest versus, uh, versus Finn Balor. Thought this was our eat. It was great. It was. <laughs> uh, I love this incarnation of Finn Balor. Uh, but Damien Priest, the Baron Corbin we could have had. <laughs> He's really good. Like I, He is I, a good I, Baron. I didn't get as much of how good Damien Priest was from his matches uh like for the North American Championship, like he's obviously like he was good, but there was always someone who was like more focused, like Keith Lee, or uh, I think it was what Pete Dunne and, mm -hmm. and Roddy and Roddy Strong. Um, first proper time to see him do uh, a takeover style match, and I thought he held his end brilliantly. Like I genuinely like um, it's so nice to see. Obviously, Finn Balor wrestle with urgency uh, and with facial expressions that aren't just. <laughs> I'm here now. And I'm ha I'm happy to be here. That, that was Welsh <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> Finn Balor or Tegan Knox, you decide. It's a, it's a Celtic hot pot. I, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Like uh, his, gosh, he's got, gosh, he can do good things with his legs. Can't mm -hmm. he, Damien Priest? Um, he, he's genuinely like, oh, this is sort of what I kind of want Shinsuke Nakamura to be like someone who's just can just 
get you right with the point of his like foot because there were so many kicks that looked like genuinely dangerous like they they really caught uh Finn Balor um and yeah like not much to say about this match other than I thought it was really fast paced both guys were great uh wonderful takeover quality bump of him just falling back oh it really looked like it hurt yeah so this was uh, Damien Priest had set up the stairs on the outside, like the bottom half of the stairs. And he went to do a razor's edge onto Finn Balor, like from the apron onto the stairs. But Balor escaped and hit a forearm uh, and knocked him. And he just sort of did a big flat back bump onto the stairs. And it made a very sickening thud that made me feel a bit queasy on the inside. Loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, and again, it's just a shining example of NXT proving that, yeah, you can have uh, alignment shifts without character shifts like Finn Balor played the face in this match for sure uh, but also he caused a sickening bump to Damien Priest and then decided to be a bastard about it and get him with two coup de gras. Uh he took it too far um, and I really like the way like yeah he he did the coup de gras on him while he was stood up and then he did another one uh, right to the guts and then I really like the way the announced team played it up as almost a mark of respect by Finn mm. Balor being just like the, I know this is what it needs. To, like, I'm not just giving you the punishment you deserve, but I think this is what it will require to put you down. So un, unlike the previous matches where Damien Priest sort of it felt like he lost because he had to, because he's a sort of uh, enhancement talent to the stars. This one I thought made Damien Priest, Priest like it elevated his stock with the company in the loss. I was going to say, I read the finish slightly different to you in that he had to do those two coup de gras, otherwise Priest was not going to stay down. It was a way to sort of protect him in defeat a little bit, that it took that big bump onto the stairs and two finishes to actually put him down as a way to sort of protect him in this loss. Because I was surprised that Balor won. Uh, I, I really thought they were going to put more stock into Damien Priest. But I, I thought they did as, as well as they can do to protect him in that finish. I think the plans are still to groom him as the face of NXT UK. Like be have him be the the bolt of energy that kind of gives that brand almost as like a second a second debut really. Mm. Uh, so I, I do think like his program with Walter is still on the card. So they kind of have to keep him at a kind of a a top level kind of spin that plate until Walter's ready to get you know his giant baby <laughs> ass handed to him. Uh, yeah, so I, I completely understand. Like Damien Priest could do with a win, but I'm sure there there's bright like there. There should be bright stuff in Damien Priest's future because he's great. Speaking of being great, Keith Lee took on Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. Segway. Uh, Gargano started this by getting up from his table in his living room and sort of or his kitchen, walking past a photo of Doc Hendricks and uh, leaving onto the set itself. Uh, quite funny, he. he, uh, he gone? Just, it, you brushed over a very crucial thing was that he turned the thermostat in his house from <laughs> 70 degrees to 69. Nice. nice. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say because the Doc Hendricks, uh, Doc Hendricks thing made me laugh is because he then posted on Twitter after the match, sorry, Doc, I'll let you down. <laughs> <laughs> also, didn't he refuse to be on the show, Doc Hendricks? Like, I've been reading that. Oh, like, really? Apparently, he loudly refused to be on it. Is the wording from uh, Sean Ross Sapp's own Fightful.com? Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like I should give SRS the plug, multiple yeah. time WrestleMania champion. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I thought I thought it was fun that the, that the house is the TARDIS. Like, <laughs> that, yeah. I, I, I guess, but like, I, I really like this is 
probably my favorite match of the night just because I love both guys doing it and they told a they told a really clear story and I think this had like the the most believable near fall most exciting like this was it had the near fall that made me sort of jump out of my chair um the when... third super kick uh no actually the key to the eye and then the uh, final beat i thought oh that's ah, right i i yeah because i had two of these because i had the yeah the one with the the, the key to the eye and the, and the ddt but also when he was just super kicking him constantly i thought they were gonna i thought he was gonna get it on that third super kick the third meet in the middle ah no no so um i i, I yeah the story told here was it'd been set up uh was really really good uh working two body parts working the hand and the eye uh and just and using that to justify why a the smaller guy like constantly had Keith Lee on the ropes he oh Luke he pounced him through the the plexiglass which is very unsanitary but <laughs> was awesome looking it was cool looking <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. It wasn't quite the five-star classic I was anticipating it to be, but I think that would have worked had this been a face Keith Lee versus face Johnny Gargano, just, you know, two of the best wrestlers doing the best wrestling that they can. Whereas this one was more all about the story, which is, you know, there's n- nothing to take away from the match because that worked really well for it. Um, I'm looking forward to these two doing more matches uh, because I, I just love the way both of them work. I think Johnny's so great. This new character for him is really, really cool. And Keith's just brilliant. Keith is just absolutely amazing. And he picked up the win to retain the North American Championship. I really thought that, as I said earlier in the show, I thought Gargano was going to get the win here because I was like, Keith is going to be NXT champion. Surely he's going to be the guy to beat Cole. Yeah, Uh, I I think, I I do think that is the plan. Uh, I just, well, the reason why uh, I... I I would have predicted Johnny Gargano, but I actually predicted Keith Lee in the predictions video uh, for a number of things. Um, One of which is that I I think, yeah, there is a better, there's a better way to get the belt off uh, Lee involving Adam Cole. Uh, I think if you want to really kind of push that kind of promote Keith Lee to the top thing. Also, yeah, just the wrong, the wrong weekend to have Keith Lee lose, uh, especially if you've already pre-taped Velveteen Dream losing. Uh, you know, obviously Keith Lee walked out with Black Lives Matter on his trunks and pretty much as soon, yeah, absolutely. Um, and as soon as that happened, I was just like, yeah, Keith Lee's Keith Lee is retaining, and I am yeah. glad that he did. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, as soon as like when he came out with the, the, the Black Lives Matter, which because of course they do, um, I uh, yeah, I, I was like, I yeah, I think he's probably, I, I picked the wrong guy to win here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, but I, I, I. I'm really digging this kind of, and I know a lot of people, especially considering like this new era of NXT and especially takeovers have sort of been built off the back of Johnny Gargano going for 40 minutes and doing a, a million moves. I'm kind of into the idea of a fewer moves, Johnny, just like mm. someone who, uh, someone more calculating, um, who, you know, I'm sure will event, you know, will have, you know, big, long takeover classics again, but someone who has a bit more story in their matches. Cause I think, uh Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit uh they they both suffer from excesses um uh, and I think uh, which is why their the Cole Gargano matches got ridiculous in the end and unwieldy and bloaty and eventually kind of had a they kind of disconnected you emotionally like at no point did I feel in any way kind of disconnected from this match yes I think there's a there's a more high octane match in both these guys but this was like 
how focused it was as a story, that 20 minutes flew by. Yeah, it really and it, did. And it makes me want to see them fight again, which is, um, that's the thing is like, I don't, sometimes you can have the big takeover match with a million moves, but sometimes it leaves you so exhausted to be just like, I don't want to see them fight again. I want to see Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano have another match, whereas I don't want to see Gargano and Adam Cole have another match. <laughs> Well, speaking of Adam Cole, uh, he defended the NXT Championship against the Velveteen Dream in a backlot brawl. And I don't know if this is a controversial take, but I did not like this. Uh, I would say that this was the weakest cinematic match that we've had in this cinematic era by by some margin. Interesting. Um, I, I definitely think... Ooh, I, I don't know. Because it had stuff that I liked. Like, I liked the fact it had commentary. Yes, um, uh, which I think really hurt Final Beat and hurt a lot of um, money in the bank. Money in the bank. Uh, I like the fact it had commentary. I liked lots of the little bits of it. I think the only reason I didn't like it is just because I didn't hugely care about either guy in it. So, like, I, I, ne I never bought into Velveteen Dream winning at all. No, that's the thing because I like everyone's heard the rumors he was being called up take those with a pinch of salt because obviously it's not happening with eo but he's cooled off massively um without a crowd and since everything um but adam and adam cole feels like he's held the belt for too long so like it, it was just a case of just like oh i don't really like i'm not champing at the bit to see either of these guys win which is always going to hurt a match especially a title match mm. I didn't hate it. Like it you know, I liked him arriving on a monster truck, Dexter Loomis driving off with the uh undisputed era. Where was Kylo Riley? Is that something I've missed? I, I don't know, but yeah, like uh, yes, uh Dexter Loomis took it to the people it was fish and strong that came down to to help Adam Cole during this. Uh with Dexter Loomis interference, um, which was, you know, fun. I I think I think why this didn't work for me is because this was the and perhaps this is a controversial opinion. This was the first cinematic match that was actively trying to take itself seriously. So I don't care what you said. The Boneyard match was goofy comedy. Like it was like, I don't think the pair of them stood there saying like, we're making something that is super cool and people are going to take seriously. Five Five Funhouse was obviously a very serious thing, but I think that's slightly different. Money in the Bank was all out wacky comedy. You know, Dana Brooke eliminated herself from that match by slipping on wet floors. Um, and the Stadium Stampede was a comedy match as well. But this was a cinematic match that was actively trying to be serious and be like an actual match and be filmed in a sort of action-y style, which at times made me feel a bit seasick. But then, oddly, they had a moment where an Uber car arrived and said, did someone call an Uber? And I'm like, that, and that was the moment where the match lost me. Yeah, it's like, what happens in the street? Oh, I know. Uh, I, think, I think one final beat, took itself more seriously than this yeah, yeah. Or also to its detriment i might add um yeah like don't know don't know i think this i think this stuff parlays with like it adds to stuff that i didn't quite like about the show which is that nxt is supposed to feel a little bit punk right it's supposed to feel like rawer more adrenaline less kind of like self-conscious production uh, and the stuff with the the set, the goofball commercials, like this is the most main roster NXT's felt in a while. And not, and I I don't want to be to be like I'm overreacting and saying that NXT's jumped the shark. 
uh, that's not the case. Please don't use that as the full <laughs> quote for this video. Um, but it's to ask tomorrow on Wrestle Talk Clips. Yeah, there you go with my glowing eyes. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. Um, but I, I like I don't know this. It felt the least punk out of any takeover I've ever seen. And I'm sure that's got something to do with the 90s branding, but just like fighting around a house, fighting on the front lawn, throwing plant pots around, um, Todd Pettengill, uh, Adam Cole doing an admittedly very good Bret Hart impression with the Ico Pro or the Ico Pro. How do you say <laughs> That's what Ico Pro is all about. All about, all about. All about. All about. It's, it's, not, it's not Terrence and Phillips. Like, that's what Ico Pro is all about. All about. All about. <laughs> all about. All of, this is, that's what he says. So, being a champion in that is what Ico Pro is all about. All about. All about. All about. All about that is what Ico Pro. Am I? Am I in a, a fever dream at the moment? I feel like your your internet is looping. Wake up, Luke. Luke, wake <laughs> up, please, Luke. Just wake up. Your family uh, here, Luke. You have uh, to wake up. Slide up, day. I was just checking uh, the chat as well. Kyle O'Reilly's because uh, he's diabetic, so he's not doing anything because of uh, COVID nineteen. Oh, because of okay. Steve Carino stuff, yeah, oh, which makes sense. Oh. Um, but yeah, during this as well, uh, there was a moment when Adam Cole got pushed off a ladder onto a windshield uh, and slashed his arm open, which was um, conspicuously dried uh, by the time the next shot came around. Um, but you know, there was there was some stuff in this, and the, the the finish saw Adam Cole hit the Canadian Destroyer onto a pile of chairs for the win. I was happy because I finally got a point because I've been doing terribly on prediction up until this uh, part of the show. So that was good. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it, it wasn't for me. I, I did forget the the, the Gargano Champa match when I said that this was the first one to take itself seriously, which is totally on me. Um, but yeah, it, it, for whatever reason, this just didn't work for me. Yeah, like I'm, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, I don't necessarily want to see Goofy NXT, but that is, again, a personal taste thing. And if you got something out of this match and indeed the show as a whole, great. I just like, it's not, it's not what I come to NXT for. Um, so yeah, like I, it, for me, like the problems with the match were that it's an NXT championship match that f felt like it belonged in the middle of the card because of, Adam Cole, you know, looking like he's either done with NXT or done with WWE or whatever the rumor mill is at the moment. He's and sticking uh, around now. That's the the new. Well, yeah. So as an update to that, which is what we did on Friday, um, Alex McCarthy is saying that he actually signed a new deal last year, um, signed an extension. So he's actually there for a, for a number of years now. Okay. So, but yeah, it, it feels like his NXT stuff is wrapping up, and everyone knew that Dream wasn't the guy. Not to, not not now. And so, yeah, it just like it felt very inconsequential. Yeah. So, and and according know. to and according to our own WrestleTalk.com's Louis Dangor, uh, Velveteen Dream staying in NXT as well. The uh, the call up rumors apparently it had been discussed, but he is sticking with NXT for the moment. So who knows why that decision was made? Um, and the last match for us to talk about was the Carrion uh, Carrion Cross squash over Tommaso Ciampa. Like this was. A six-minute squash match. Karrion Cross did his big entrance. Tommaso Ciampa came out, and Karrion Cross beat the ever-loving hell out of him. Um, Karrion, like Ciampa did get a near fall off the uh, the, the widow's bell, but uh, he escaped the fairy tale ending and locked in the cross jacket. And Ciampa faded out. It was a very, very dominating win for Karrion Cross and made him look amazing. Hell yeah, uh, loved it. What? Yeah, what a this great was story. great. 
if you're going to do it, do it properly. And they did this properly. Um, yeah, Champa came in and was just sacrificial lamb, uh, sacrificial cham. And <sighs> that, the the kind of the throw onto the ring apron, oh my God, that was the most horrible spot of the night. That's what I come to NXT for. Like, <laughs> yeah borderline two dangerous spots uh and superstars getting huge uh iconic wins uh yeah absolutely wonderful uh yeah. it's just nice to see um it's nice to see kind of a company as excited about a wrestler as we are uh, like as soon as Car- you know karen cross came out and we saw his entrance for the first time it's like that's money uh it's only a matter of time before he is nxt champion and yeah it's, it's just nice to you know not worry about making tomato champa look strong trusting that the fans respect in him will you know last him through this loss that there is a more interesting story to be told in defeat it's just again like an example of why nxt has maybe earned our patience in some places um, yeah it occasionally uh, and actually more occasionally than not makes absolutely the right decision and yeah wonder like it's so rare to say like what a wonderful squash match that was but <laughs> it, it was man um carrying cross is a world beater looked yeah. brilliant and also he did look really good a lot of people now that they've said it say i can't like if if you went on the roids luke <laughs> it's nice it's isn't it isn't it nice to have something to aspire to well, I don't know because it's either that, but someone in the chat earlier said that I look like Brandon Cutler. So, like, it's. <laughs> so, it's sort of anyway, like, hold on, hold on. I've got, I've, I've got a D20 here as well. I'll roll out a D20. I've Ooh. got an 18. Nice. Very good. Uh, I think you, so. You're Pichu. Um, Brandon Cutler <laughs> is Pikachu. And then Carrion Cross is Raichu. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was the show overall. I thought it was a really good uh, NXT takeover. Like you said earlier, like it's I don't think it's ever going to be in my top ten uh, takeovers of all time. But man, like it's NXT very rarely, you know, hit the wrong notes. And this was no, there were no wrong notes really hit on this night. I, I didn't like the NXT Championship match much, but it's not like I outwardly hated it. It just wasn't my flavor of ice cream. Uh, I thought the women's triple threat was great. I thought Karrion Cross looked amazing. I really enjoyed uh, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. Finn Balor's great. And the six-woman tag was really good as well. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a really, pretty good show. Yeah, uh, really felt the lack of crowd or the lack of, an, you know, an authentic crowd. Um, there were some bits that kind of, like, were a bit kind of like, ooh, like this, this all seems a bit scrappy, a bit messy. Uh, I don't like goofy stuff. But like all that being said, like just the general match quality, also two and a half hours long. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, love, please. Lo- love a show under three hours. Absolutely. Take more of them. Uh, generally, just generally speaking, like it's a good evening. NXT very rarely put on a like a bad night's work, and it may yeah, it's not. It, I don't think it's going to be remembered as one of the great one of the great takeovers in the way that like you might say Dallas or um, New Orleans, but uh, a fun, a fun night.
Let's have a look at some of your super chats. Uh, Gazzatola of Rock and Roller over on the support link, which can be found there, says, Adam, you've mentioned a love of board games a lot recently. Have you played Zombie N1? Surviving the Undead Apocalypse in the sunny Sussex city of Brighton. It's really fun if you haven't heard of it. So I used to manage uh, a place in London called Drafts, uh, and Zombie N1 was um, one of the games that we had. It's a roll and move, so that's not my bag. Um, I've I've heard like it, it got a lot of play. I think because it's got zombies in it, um, and most people seem to like it. It's it's just yeah, roll and move, and also it's a bit, it's a bit ugly. Like if you if you look up what the game looks like, you'd be just like, oh, was that made? in paint um so difficult but like i i I got i saw a lot of people playing it and i haven't played it so i do reserve judgment but yeah like i'm i'm stoked that you like it if i if i see if i can find if i can find a cheap copy i might try it but like it's not the game that i'm rushing out to to go play just had a look at it now and i agree also drafts is where i used to go playing dnd get that d20 again Oh, it's a two that time. Not as good. Um, <laughs> they both they both add up to a twenty. They do. So that's going to be cast asunder into my other box, which is where bad dice go to stay until mm. they've learned their lesson. Um, a, real, a real change in our dynamic when I worked at drafts because there, yeah, there, a whole bunch of times where I served you food and drink. <laughs> what a what a weird what a weird time that was. Any complaints about the uh, about my tenure as a manager at drafts? Was there anything I could have improved upon? Yeah, you could get rid of effing Jenga. Just get, stop people playing Jenga in that place. It's so it's too echoey for Jenga. We really try and get people to play a game called uh, Rhino Hero, especially uh, Rhino Hero Super Battle, because that is basically building a tower like Jenga, but you're using cardboard. So when it falls <laughs> over, it's silent, as opposed to... <laughs> and then everyone bursts out in shrill, horrible, just like echoey, cacophonous laughter. It's very hard to roleplay a character in D&D when there is just clattering Jenga. And and it is always Jenga. Like, there is always some group playing Jenga. Oh, yes. So nothing nothing against you is the, the client's hell. Um, Pavi, Sean Ross Sapp's number one fan, said, pretty sure uh, why Charlotte wasn't every show is because Vince wanted her back. Pretty sure she dropped the NXT title because she's going to be back on the main roster. I mean, you kind of answered your own question there, Pavi. Like, she never left the main roster. Uh, when she was NXT champion. Uh, Josh Kirsch said, who's going to take the title off of Keith Lee, Cole and Io Shirai? Well, Adam's already sort of answered that one. As for, I'm not sure about Shirai, but she's only just won it, so I'm not going to be in the boat of who should take it off of her because I like to enjoy someone's title run before we get into that sort of booking. Yeah, I mean, I like I live a, a horrible, empty existence and all I can think about is just like trying to see the blueprints and the schematics. I can't I can't experience joy in the moment. I can only experience joy if I'm ever proven right about something. So I think it's going to be either Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair taking it off here. Sure. Uh, Azo Smith said, uh, totally stoked that this was the first women's match to main, main event a takeover since Banks versus Bailey, the Iron Man match. Uh, but does Rhea go up to the main roster now? No, I don't think so. I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't think her story is done. I, it, I NXT. I think is so is smart enough. Like one of the things that they really pushed about uh, Rhea Ripley is that like, her loss at WrestleMania destroyed her, like ruined her year. Um, and like there was one line that she said in um, 
a video package i think it was in the go home nxt where she says like i don't care anymore i have to get my title back mm. and that suggests to me that there may be a either a tweener or a heel turn coming uh and i think that i th- i would be interested in face Shirai versus heel rhea ripley as a sort of uh stopgap feud i think maybe rhea would take it from there and then maybe like a redemption story with charlotte perhaps uh that is just literally me spitballing off the top of my head but i don't think rhea is going anywhere i think her story uh is uh rooted in nxt as opposed to charlotte's who she can go anywhere and do whatever she wants uh, Josh again says Karrion Cross will be the face of WWE in three years, and and Triple H have said that people will be moving from NX or to NXT from the main roster. So who do you guys like to see go back to NXT? I'd like Nakamura, Zayn, and Cesaro. Cesaro and Nakamura for sure, and actually Sami Zayn on that for that matter. Yeah, please send Sami Zayn back, please. I'll I'll pay his train fare. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I really want to see Sami Zayn kind of come back and reclaim his NXT. I know that's a story that every main roster guy does. Like Finn Balor came back and said, this is my house. Uh, Charlotte Flair came back and said, this is my house. But like, if, if anyone's got claim to that, who still works for WWE, it's Sami Zayn. Yeah. That is his house. Uh, and I really think he could be the face of NXT again. Uh, Nathan Ortiz says, what killed the backlot brawl was the light. It felt like a Michael Bay movie. And on that note, Valab Mamadipudi said, backlot brawl, the production was disappointing. Camera work was shaky, out of focus. Um, and that being said, what next for the Velveteen Dream? Yeah, as I said, I didn't particularly like the, the, the shaky cam aspect of it. It's like, it's one of the things, well, WWE, yeah, we make films. But then you're like, oh, yeah, but you make B movie films, like bad Netflix uh, action movies is what you make. Hmm. Oh, and uh, the occasional weird bit of David Lynch alter cinema in the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and James Williams says Carl is diabetic, so he's at risk of Carino. S said, seeing people disappointed that this wasn't at the level of most takeovers when the original concept of an in your house was to be a B-Tech pay-per-view, in my uh, honest opinion. Sure. I guess. Uh, I think back in the day, uh, the idea was to put out something that was less substantial, charge less, but could do it more often. It's not. And they really were like, an, they were only like an hour and a half as well. Yeah. Oof. Oh, the glory days. <laughs> um, that's not really NXT's mo. It was very much just a kind of like, please watch the show. Here's a thing you remember. You remember Todd Pettingill, right? We've, we've. Please, we miss crowds. We 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 don't know how to do wrestling anymore. What do you want? Do you remember this? It's twenty five years ago, so that means it's good. Look, it's a house. It's like I, yeah, I I don't think the the takeover vibe and the in your house vibe gel like at all. Um, and I, you know, it's it's a freak one shot novelty vibe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, Gorilla Position is a podcast I absolutely love. Like, I've not l- heard their review. I don't know when their review is coming out, but I can guarantee that sort of James Delo and, and Skillet and those lot who are the fan, you know, they were the fans that grew up during that In Your House period will have absolutely loved the aesthetic of this and will love that Todd was on the show and references to Doc Hendricks, things like that. So it's very much targeted to that audience, which ironically, you know, the over 50 audience is NXT's strongest demographic. So maybe this was the right call to do. Um, aliens existed. I think I might just be jaded, but I thought that the backlot brawl had a lot of awkward imagery considering the recent protests. Watching a black man be kicked in the streets just feels wrong right now. I mean, it was, when was it filmed? 
I, I don't know to be honest. Ago, right? Yeah. I mean, they filmed stuff for Backlash that's coming this weekend. So I'd imagine they probably filmed it. Yeah. Sometime. I don't know. Well, last week, I would have thought. I think it's definitely over a week ago they filmed it, which is not, you know, obviously to say that it, it's still not a distressing image. I just don't think. I, I, I think if. I think had the protests happened when they were filming, I don't. I don't think uh, they would have seen like this much imagery maybe i i don't know wwe is a little bit tone deaf at times but uh not nxt so yeah like i i think i can totally understand and think it's totally valid for someone to feel uncomfortable watching that i think like i'm so kind of like wrestling is such a kind of escape uh, especially characters like velveteen dream like and adam cole like i i didn't like that didn't like affect me too much but then again like i am so privileged that it probably wouldn't affect me uh, yeah. and I, I definitely recognize that uh ken melville said uh so ask is being pinned or is she tapping to the figure eight on raw uh, i mean if it's non-title yeah but if it's if it's for the title i can see a screwy finish i don't, I don't want to think about it dj the second uh <laughs> is tony khan all right with wrestle talk writing the greatest showman promo for wwe for real though did they straight up steal that from you um well i think they're just leaning into the fact that everyone was making fun of them for the greatest showman thing so they're just leaning into it now and just making it like you can't make fun of them for being the greatest showman if they're using the greatest showman as a thing because it's like well well now i can't make fun of you really because now you're using it yeah that's that's <laughs> that's that's bullying 101 if you yeah you take the power away from the bullies they've got <laughs> uh, they've got nothing uh terrible bullies that are wrestle talk Mega Mr. 46 says, keep the main roster leeches out of NXT. And uh, Young Samurai 18 says, Charlotte beating Asket is my nightmare. Kwalu uh, TV says, spoiler, Keith Lee is amazing. Walter will drop the title to Ilya Dragunov eventually. They want that match, you can tell. Yes, I did watch NXT UK before it stopped. By the way, have you read my email, Adam? Oh, I, I don't think I have. Uh, I, I know who Walu TV is. Um, I... I have I? Let me let me check. He Two also seconds. he also says as well. Uh, how dare you, Luke? I love that shirt, but man, Dexter Loomis was in that main event. Therefore, the backlot brawl was five stars. <laughs> Look, yes, uh, he does love he does love Dexter Loomis a great deal. Does Walu TV? Travon Clark says, "Watch Goldberg come in and squash Carrion Cross." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, why why do you hate? <laughs> us and the world uh, and just to just respond uh, i did get um walu's uh email it, uh, he sent me an email about uh his favorite board game uh hmm. which is uh, a german game called das duel um die geld which is the duel for the money uh i haven't uh I, yeah I, I it sounds interesting i am up for it um i i, I need to kind of give it another read because i only gave it a quick skim uh, last night but uh yes thank you for your email and Travian asks if the lineup for Quizzlemania 11 is set. It is. And it you'll is. see those announcements later on in about two hours time. You'll see who is on the show. Yeah, we'll be announcing it at six. We're trying to do that every week now. So 6 uh, p.m. UK time on a Monday is when we'll announce the guest and also push the um, the kind of the lobby for that stream live. Yeah. So you can go in there. You can book your reminders. You can even start chatting and 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 like you know, talking crap about uh, Sean Ross, <laughs> which is something that we very much enjoy. Yes. So we'll be announcing the guest 
or guests uh, at 6 p.m. tonight, UK time. Um, Keith says, hey, all been a huge fan of the channel for months now, and I thoroughly enjoyed um, starting my every day on the right foot with a new video for that day. Keep up all the great work. Cheers. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Uh, the Zorni says, shout out to the wonderful moderators. Thank you all. Indeed. Thank you all to all of our moderators doing amazing work. Dylan from Cork said, three things are guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and Adam swearing on a WrestleTalk video. Uh, also, your attempts at an Irish accent never failed to make me smile. I'm glad that you take it in good fun, because there is another way you could take it. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Um, Mr. Fretz says, just wanted That's to say it's what Ico Pro is all about. All about. Okay. So he said, so the heart of a chip, the heart of a So that is what Ico Pro is all about. All about. Enough. Enough. Mr. Fred says, just wanted to say it's great to see Adam reviewing wrestling again. Hashtag support each other. Uh, Rangers Mayhem saying, watching Stephen Larson stream last night, they uh, chat, uh, in the chat joked about Priest and Corbin being a tag team by the end of the year. Yes, that yeah, would be yeah. great. Uh, Chocobo Kid said, I thought the backlot brawl, back, back brawl was going to have no ring and the cars in the circle was going to be that ring. Do you think that would have been better? I don't think the ring was the thing that was the problem with it, to be honest. No, no, I think the least was, uh, yeah, the ring was the least of your worries, just a, a, a combination of underwhelming things. Azo Smith says, do you think the formation of Tegan and Shotzi, as well as Dakota and Raquel, could lead to challenge, uh, could lead to Banks and Bailey coming down to NXT for an open challenge? Um, I think, I don't know if Tegan and Shotzi are a thing. I think, like, I mean, obviously, like, they, they won together, embraced each other, and they also did something backstage or so like, i think there was one other shot of them doing something on the show don't know if that puts them together kind of hope not just because i really am digging shotzi's gimmick and i think tegan needs to find something for herself um but like you know it, it, i guess if there are going to be women's tag team champions there should be at least a division for it even if it is one division across the entire company so uh, i mean that would be a good match so yeah uh, Aliens Exist has got a follow-up to his comment from earlier, saying that um, it's in reference to the backlot brawl, uh, feeling a bit uncomfortable for them. Said um, if they filmed before, um, if they filmed before, I don't think it's intentional or anything like that. It was just a little unfortunate. Yes, yeah, I yeah, think no, that, I, that's yeah, hundred percent. And lastly, from Nathan Ortiz, thoughts on Velveteen Dream coming out as Negan? Now, I'll be honest with you, Nathan. Uh, I read um, like Walking Dead comics when I was at university. Crikey. 16 years ago at this point um but uh yeah 16 years ago at my first year of university Goodness. um but i've oh i've watched like I've, i think i've actually no i've watched the full first season of the walking dead tv series and thought it was broadly fine and i haven't haven't seen anything since and even then i gave up on the comics as well yeah i stuck with the comics for quite a bit like i love them when they first came out like all that stuff's like straight through to like the prison was just unbelievable uh never really been interested in the walking dead tv show uh and i think i haven't read a walking dead comic in about a year um mm. but like the negan stuff was fine i just like he always felt like he had something that like he always had a reason for dressing weird like you know it's like wherever he, like he would he was in a place like you know his new york entrance was fantastic uh you know the shots at hulk hogan uh, I thought were like, you know, could, were quite multi-layered, could be read as multiple things. Either he is, you know, uh, you know, uh, just an old school 
character as well as an old school fan or taking shots at Hogan because of, you know, Hogan's t- you know things that he said. Um, I think, yeah, like he all, and all like putting Roderick Strong's family on his tights, you know, like they, they always seem to be something at work, whereas this just felt like a bit of random cosplay. It, fe- yeah. it felt like it, it felt for the first time, it felt like that Velveteen G was just going, ooh, I'm a bit quirky me. Look, at, look, look how I'm dressed this week. What might I be dressed as next week? You never. Oh, uh, what am I like? And I, <laughs> and again, I think it contributes towards the general feeling that like Velveteen Dream probably should go away for a bit and come back when there are people around, just because his his gimmick just doesn't quite translate to no fans. Well, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thank you all so much for watching, watching slash listening or washing if you're doing that at the same time. Um, wash your hands. Wash your hands, everyone. Wash your hands. Uh, I have been Luke Owen. This has been Adam the Blompier, and that was Wrestling Toodles. Goodbye. Sorry for swearing. Sorry. For it's swearing. all right. Goodbye. Sorry. Goodbye. Sorry. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.